This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays, 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. So when we talk about selfie culture or, you know, our selfie prime minister or a selfie mayor, I mean, the word selfie has come to convey, uh, you know, real self-obsession, almost narcissism, but a certain level of unseriousness that all we're worried about is posting pictures of ourselves and looking at pictures of ourselves. Well, some more than others, but it seems to be something really unique to our culture today. But a new book suggests it's not new. We've just got a new window into an old problem. Uh, Will Storr is a British journalist, an award-winning uh, author and novelist and journalist. And his latest book is called Selfie, How We Became So Self-Obsessed and What It's Doing to Us. So joining us uh, to talk more about the book uh, and about these issues of the aforementioned Will Storr. Will, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. It's interesting because I think a lot of people assume that, that technology has created this this self-obsession, this narcissism. I guess what you're arguing, though, is that it, it was always there. Well, yeah, not always. I, I think, uh, you know, of course, all humans uh, are, are very interested in, in themselves. That's just part of the human condition. But I think in the West it's emphasized. And I think the story of that sort of really starts two and a half thousand years ago in ancient Greece when we... They really sort of came upon this idea of Western individualism, which is this idea that, you know, the individual human is the is the most important thing rather than the group, which is a really extraordinary sort of change in in the way people were thinking about themselves. But I, but I think the most important thing in in recent history in our lifetimes is is the economy. I think the economy, if you look at the psychological literature, the economy has a really powerful effect on culture. How so? Well. Um, so, so, so humans, are, you know, we, we have these really I interesting brains. We're born kind of half wired up. You know, our genes do a lot of the work in wiring us up, but, but we're mm -hmm. only half wired up. And, and brains, psychologists call that we're experience expectant. So brains expect and know they're going to get certain lots of information from their environment. So it's like imagine that when we're born, the brain asks a really simple question. And that question is, who do I have to be in this particular environment? In order to get along with everybody else, but also get ahead, because that's the other thing we want as humans. We want to sort of, we want, we want to, you know, we want relative status. Um, and, and so, if, back in the day, that that was really about, you know, a minor land of gods and monsters, a minor land of war. You know, where, you know, what's the ecology like? But today, you know, the big part of that is the economy. Um, and so, the, I think the easiest way to, to kind of describe it is that just to, kind of, to kind of explain it is that if you think about who we were in the West in 1965. So we were a bunch of really collectively-minded hippies, you know, broadly right. speaking. We were anti-materialistic, um, very commun communalistic in our thinking. And then fast forward just 20 years, just a heartbeat of time. And what had happened all over the West? We'd become yuppies. We'd gone from hippies 
to yuppies, you know, talking about greed is good and wearing red braces on Wall Street. I mean, of course, this is a simplification, but it's a, it's a you know, it's real. It's a revolution in, in who we were. It's gone from one to the other in just 20 years. And you think about what happened exactly uh, between those days, 1980, and that's that Margaret Thatcher and Ronald Reagan in the U.S. completely changed um, the economy. They brought in this new idea of neoliberalism. So they, they got rid of all the kind of, as much of the collective ideas as they possibly could. And they turned as much of human life as possible into this great competitive um, competition, this big game. Uh, so in order to kind of get along and get ahead in, in a neoliberal world, you had to be a hustler. You had to push yourself forward. You had to, um, you know, prioritize yourself. It, and, and it really quickly starts having an effect. So one of the first effects that people saw and the psychologists have detected was in maternity wards. So around 1982, something really interesting started to happen. But for generations, we'd been um, naming our children just ordinary names, like, you know, Jennifer, George, Alfred, whatever. Right. And suddenly in 1982, you start seeing this new trend of parents giving their children, you know, unusual spellings of ordinary names or even completely new names. And, of course, we still do that. That's never left us because we're still neoliberals. And what the psychologists thought was that suddenly they wanted their children to stand out and be a star. The other thing that starts happening in the early 80s is you get the big keep fit revolution. We start having people like Jim Fix and, uh, you know, uh, other kind of celebrities who were well-known for keep fit, and people start jogging and, 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 and doing all these other things. So, and again, that has never left us. We're still neoliberals. So um, it has a really profound effect, and, and it's amazing how, quick, how quickly those effects begin to change who we are as a people. Right. Well, it, yeah, it's, it's this... It's individualism in a way, but I mean the idea that uh, we, we, we can be what we want to be, we, we can uh, achieve great things if we work hard enough. There's a real emphasis on individual achievement, right? Yeah, yeah. And as I said, that goes back to ancient Greece. I mean, you know, ancient Greece is the beginning of democracy. It's the beginning of the Olympics. You know, it's, it, ancient Greece is a, is a time when they were, you know, worshipping ideal male and female forms, putting statues of gorgeous bodies up in the marketplace, you know. Um, so, so, so that goes back to them. But it, it really becomes emphasised in the 80s with this new economic system. It's like a heightened version of individualism. And then, it, it, then it, you know, on top of all that, you suddenly get in the mid-80s, um, going into the late 80s, the beginnings of this idea of self-esteem, you get this self-esteem revolution. And this idea spreads around the West, starting in California, that in order to become amazing, human beings just have to start believing that they're amazing. We have to raise our self-esteem. You know, we have to just burrow into our inner wonderfulness. And this changes the way that we raise our children. It changes the way that we teach our children. You know, we start telling our kids that they're special, they're amazing, they can do anything. We've got protecting them from failure. So, you know, in track and field sports day, we get, everybody gets a rosette now. Um, we, 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 we don't like to make people feel like failures. This is the everyone's a winner era. Mm -hmm. and, and again, this is a really dangerous idea. This is a really silly idea because, again, one of the, one of the ways the brain works out who we are and what kind of person we are is, is it looks out into the world and it checks the reactions of the people around us. There's a well-known phrase in psychology which is, uh, you are what you think other people think you are. This is kind of a really fundamental kind of mechanism. And if you take a kid with a half-formed brain and raise them in an environment where everyone's telling them they're amazing, 
everyone's selling them their special, everyone's selling they can do anything. You're going to have, you're going to see increases in narcissism, and that is indeed what we do see in the literature starting in the early 1990s and going right up into the, into the new millennium, and that, of course, is the, is the millennial generation. So if Facebook and Twitter didn't cause this, this vanity, this narcissism, this self-obsession, has it exacerbated the problem? I, 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 th- I think so. I think so. I think the really interesting thing about social media and the selfie camera and all that stuff is, is, is that you. I, I think the way to, 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 to think about it is that the Silicon Valley are throwing new ideas at us at the rate of dozens a day, probably something like that. I mean, it's just crazy how many new ideas that they throw at us. Hardly any of those ideas work, and it's us as a people that decides. A, which ones work, but also how we use them. So, you know, when Twitter was launched, it was launched, it was, it was perceived as this idea of sort of like free text messages. You know, and that's kind of what they thought it was going to be. And, it, and, it, and it, we, it very, we started using it in a different way. And it's the same with the selfie camera. When Apple put the first selfie camera in an iPhone, they, they announced it as, they called it the front-facing camera. And, 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 and they're, in their heads, we were going to use it for FaceTime and Skype, you know, doing calls with our grandparents. And of course, we do, a li- we do that a little bit, but mostly what we're doing is we're taking pictures of ourselves and putting them up on the internet. So, so, so this idea that, that the tech has caused the phenomenon is wrong. You know, we have just picked up the tech and used it in a way that reflects who we are. But I think you're right. I think, I think it does encourage it, especially the, the, the selfie thing. I think there's something very kind of primarily addictive to, to, to taking a picture of yourself, putting it on the internet, and then having loads of people tell, tell you that you're beautiful and amazing and wonderful and special. Um, most of them probably completely insincerely. <laughs> but, but, but yes, and of course, that, 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 encourages, that, that, that encourages it, doesn't it? That, that we're just going to want to start doing that more and more and more. So if left unchecked, then what, what's the concern? Where, where do we see the, the potential downside of too much of this? Well, I, 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 think, I think it's important not to, not to get too carried away with all this stuff, because I, I, I think when you look at the rises in narcissism, that isn't everybody. It's just like a blanket effect. Narcissism, there's a certain kind of person that's vulnerable to becoming narcissistic, and that's somebody who has a, a particular personality type, and that personality type is they tend to, tend to be high in extroversion, so they, they kind of, they're thrill-seekers and sensation-seekers, but they're also low in agreeableness, so they're very competitive, and it's that, that's that kind of toxic combination. So it's not everybody. It's only, that, that's why you don't see like, the entire world suddenly turning into um, Kim Kardashian. It's a certain kind of person. Um, and also, you know, even if you... I, I, I think you know, people can get good things out of you know selfies. You know, people, do, people do, can have low self-esteem and and make themselves feel better. Um, uh, you, you know, using the kind of a, 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 a technology like selfies. So, so, so it isn't a completely bad thing, and it isn't, it isn't something that's going to you know <laughs> destroy Western civilization as we know it. So, 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 so I, I think we yeah, you know we shouldn't sort of panic too much. Right, but do we walk a fine line as a society, though? I mean, self-confidence is applauded. Being a narcissist is obviously viewed very differently, but is it, is it a fine line between the two? Um, yeah, I, I think so. And again, as I say, I think there's a certain personality type that is vulnerable to it, and, and it's not a very nice um, state to be in. You know, to, you know, narcissists are the kind of people that, that when you first meet them, you, you know, that you can think they're amazing and really impressive people, but it doesn't take long before um, you, you start seeing, um, uh, you know, their true colours. Uh, and also, you know, we, I, I think you've got to ask: do, do we want this? 
very, it's no coincidence that, that reality TV is a, is a product of the neoliberal age and selfies and selfie cameras are, are a product of the neoliberal age. And I, and I think it, it, you've got to take a, a balanced view of individualism. And in some senses, individualism is really amazing because this idea that we can take people and you know we take and we tell people that they they can do anything and they can achieve anything and and when they do achieve stuff we'll give them lots of money and attention it's really motivating and and for all that for all that we attack and complain about the the bad things the west do i think we you also got to accept the west has achieved a hell of a lot in the last two and a half thousand years you know it's the begin you don't get human rights uh, for example, without privileging the individual. So individualism is, is, a, is a really successful um, uh, strategy. But it's also really dangerous because just as we, you know, falsely and ridiculously think of Steve Jobs as the creator of the iPhone, for example, when in fact dozens, hundreds of people <laughs> helped invent the iPhone. Um, we, so, so we, you know, we, we, we credit the individual unfairly with all this success. For, for most of us, most of the time, life isn't about success. It's about failure. It's about, it's about um, uh, uh, struggling with not achieving what we'd like to achieve. And that's when it turns a bit dark, because what we do as individualists is we blame ourselves. We, we turn in on ourselves, and we, um, uh, you know, we, we feel like we're losers, we're failures, and, and, and there's some really interesting but quite disturbing stuff that's sort of arising in the in the psychological literature, especially over the last sort of ten years. Uh, and, and firstly, you know, there's, there's rises in suicide, there's rises in suicidal ideation, there's rises in body dysmorphia, eating disorder, self harm. So all of these really terrible um, kind of self attacking behaviours are on the rise across the West, uh, or certainly in the US and the UK. And, this, um, uh, and, and uh, the, the, there's one kind of thing that predicts all of these um, un unfortunate um, behaviours, and that's perfectionism. So if you are a perfectionistic thinker, you, you are more vulnerable to, 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 to attacking yourself in this way. And, and, and what, so there was a big study that came out um, this year of 40,000 young people, and that was Canada, UK and um, America, and they found that in all three of those countries, levels of perfectionism had risen significantly since the 1990s, really significantly. And so what perfectionists do is they, is, is they set a really high bar for themselves. They say, this is what success looks like, uh, and if I don't achieve this level of success, then I'm a failure. And, uh, and of course, when they don't achieve that level of success, uh, they, they feel like a failure, and, and it's that feeling like a failure that becomes toxic. I wonder, too, how does celebrity culture, you think, tie into this? Because there seems to be a real obsession with celebrity in the West and uh, the desire to be a celebrity and the, the idea that social media can, can create instant celebrities. Yeah, well, again, I, I think it's just, it's just it's fascinating how reality TV, I mean, it, it's, I think it's already begun in the UK and spread West. Um, uh, it, it, it began in, sort of in the 90s, and it's a real neoliberal project. It, you know, this idea... You know, when famous people, once upon a time, they were the, the we call them stars. I mean, they're up in the sky, miles away from us, and we can't possibly touch them. These are celestial beings. And then suddenly, you went into this era in which we were all stars. Everybody wants to be a star, so we could be stars. And suddenly, they're on television, just ordinary people. And um, and, and I think that, I mean, you know, America, they've got a reality TV star as a president right now. I mean, he's yeah. just mind-boggling, <laughs> you know, the, 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 how this um, idea has is, is become kind of popular and common. And, uh, and I think that, that that creates a real danger because you do get this sense, especially in young people, that, uh, that, that everybody feels now that 
you know, we're talking about being perfectionist. What's the level? What's, what's the idea of success? Well, it's a celebrity. I've got to look like a celebrity, live like a celebrity. There's a real feeling of that kind of out there at the moment. And, and I think it's, it's affecting young men in a way that is really unfortunate. There was a terrible statistic that came out over here in the UK at the end of last year. And that is that there had been a 43% rise in hospital referrals for young men with eating disorders in just two years. And it's really unbelievable. And actually, we have this show over here, a reality show. It's a bit like Big Brother, but it's called Love Island. And they're all on an island and they're all young men and young women are all very beautiful um, courting. And the guys just look like Greek gods. They, they are unbelievable. They are, their bodies are just unbelievable. And it's hugely popular. And I do wonder how, how much this is you know, causing this effect. I'm in my 40s. When I was when I was their age, I was it was the grunge era. We were in nightclubs, watching bands, drinking cider, and smoking roll-up cigarettes. Yeah. That's what we were doing. These days, they're in gyms and they're eating protein bars, and and, and so there's. It, I, I think it's really unfortunate that these these huge body pressures that young women, women in general, have been struggling with and fighting against for for, for decades and decades. Now, young men are just suddenly falling into this trap and uh, and suffering as a result. Yeah, it's all quite fascinating. Absolutely. The book is called Selfie, How We Became So Self-Obsessed and What It's Doing to Us. More at willstore.com. Will, great having you with us here. Thanks so much for this. No, thanks for your time. I appreciate that. All right. That is novelist and journalist Will Store, W-I-L-L, Store, S-T-O-R-R. The book Selfie, How We Became So Self-Obsessed and What It's Doing to Us. I don't think people would disagree that there is certainly a level of self-obsession that exists today. Is it caused by social media? Is it simply reflected by social media? Got a text here that says, The problem is social media only showcases the best glimpses into someone's life. Makes everyone think everyone else's life is beautiful and perfect. Yeah, and so that's the thing. I mean, immersing yourself in all of it might actually make you more miserable. 403-974-8255 is our number. We are back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.